Proverbs sermon series, Way of Wisdom, chapter three. You look at chapter three, it breaks down in this way. You'll see my son in verse one, you'll see my son again in verse 11, and you'll see my son again in verse 21. So if you're taking the entire chapter, you've got clues in the text that tell you how you would break down this chapter. So if you were gonna teach through the whole chapter three, you would have your my son divisions that would lay it out for you. We don't have time to go through all of chapter three. So we're gonna drill deep into verses one through 10. We'll take the first my son passage and we'll walk through it. In this first passage, you would find seven imperatives. So you might wanna walk through the seven imperatives. And as we read the text on the screen, I'm gonna have those imperatives highlighted and underlined for you in red because I want you to take note of the imperatives that are given to us in these first 10 verses. Uh, Those imperatives would tell us to bind or to write God's word. It talks about the importance of the commands that have been taught. It tells us to trust. It tells us to acknowledge. It tells us to fear the Lord, pointing back to Proverbs 1-7. It tells us to turn from evil ways. It tells us to honor. And so those imperatives are important for us. Also in these first 10 verses, you get this, this segment of some commands, some positive, some negative, and then it tells you a reward. So you have a command reward paradigm. So as you look on the screens or as you read along, I've got the reward highlighted in blue so that you can pay attention to the reward. Now, I don't even have time to cover 10 verses today. So we're gonna drill deep to the core of this particular passage, which most of you have probably memorized, five and six. In five and six, as we drill deep into those two verses, you're gonna see three different things that we do which results in the Lord making straight our paths. So I'm gonna focus on the three things we do with the conclusion that the Lord will make straight our paths. I would remind you that about a year and a half ago in a spring semester, Dr. Estes preached on a similar passage, on this passage as well. You've got that on the archives if you wanna go back and watch it. Uh, And he did a phenomenal job. And so I'm pulling from some stuff he did today as I walk through this text with you as well. Proverbs chapter three, I wanna read verses one through 10. And then we're going to drill deep into five and six. Would you stand with me in honor of the reading of the word of God? My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Dear Lord, as we look at this text today, which many of us have committed to memory, may you help us to apply it new to our lives each and every day as we seek to walk the way of wisdom. Jesus' name I pray, amen, and you may be seated. Trust, humility, submission. Three different things I want us to focus on today as we seek to apply 
verses five and six in particular to our lives. You see, often we look around at the landscape of our lives and we think about those big mountaintop experiences, those big moments where we wanna have victory, where we want great things to happen. But more often than not, the Bible talks to us about the day-to-day, step after step along the way of walking with God. And you wanna know, how do I follow the way of wisdom? How is it that I pursue the way of wisdom rather than the way of folly in my life? And this passage lays it out for us, those daily steps. What can I do? You say, give me the practical application of what it looks like to walk with God, what it looks like to walk in the way of wisdom so that when I get to those important steps, I'll know what I need to do. You're making all sorts of important decisions right now. You're making decisions on what degree do I pursue. Some of you are making decisions on what university do I attend. Some of you are making decisions on what job should I accept. What state am I going to live in? Am I going to marry this person or not marry this person? Do I need to be in a relationship with this person? All of these important decisions of life. And far too many times I fear that we wait until the important decision comes up before we decide it's important to seek God. If you only seek God when the important decision arises, of course you don't understand what God's saying to you. Of course it's difficult for you to understand those decisions in those moments because you haven't walked with God daily. You haven't developed a relationship with the Lord. You haven't put one foot in front of the other in the normal days after normal days that are the majority of our life so that when those special big decisions come, you understand what it is to walk with the Lord. So today we looked at a very practical set of verses on how can we choose the way of wisdom? How can we walk with the Lord? How can we make sure that our lives are under God's control so that God will bring our lives under control? Here we look at verse five, and the first point is trust God. Verse five, trust God. Trust. What does it mean? Firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability, or the strength of someone or something. The opposite of trust is to doubt. Do you trust God or do you doubt God? What does it look like to fully trust somebody? I've got a photo I think will show you what it looks like to fully trust somebody. When you throw somebody up in the air and they have a smile on their face of that nature, What that means is that you have caught them before. Because the first time you throw somebody that high up in the air, there's not a smile on their face. There's this look of, (laughs) and then you catch them. And then they go to the ground and then they smile and go, that didn't hurt, that was good. Again, let's do it again. Who said that? You stole my line. Let's do it again, daddy. Somebody else has done the exact same thing. Again, daddy, again. And then you grab them and you throw them up higher in the air and you catch them and you put them down. And they smile real big. And they look at you and they go, again, daddy. And and you catch out the corner of your eye, mommy, over there looking at you (laughs) with a look that tells you, no higher, no higher. I don't trust you nearly as much as he trusts you. (laughs) So trust. Are you the mom who doesn't trust God nearly as much as the boy who trusts the father? No, 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 no. 
Or are you the precious little buddy who trusts the father to catch you every single time, right? I haven't dropped him yet. He's getting too big though. He says again and my muscles say, no more, I can't handle this, all right? And so you get the point here though. Do you trust? Do you have a complete trust in God or do you have that, I'm not so sure about this. I really wanna walk by my own wisdom, not by your wisdom. I really wanna do things my own way because I'm not sure I trust you, God. And the text says to us, what are the practical steps of the way of wisdom? Trust, trust. God is faithful, you can trust him. People in this life will let you down all the time. God will never let you down. God is faithful, you can trust him. Trust, who do you trust? You trust in the Lord. Because as much as your dad may love you or your mom may love you or your pastor may love you or as much as I love you, we are flawed human beings who will let you down. Your trust does not belong in men. Your trust does not belong in politics. Your trust does not belong in your wealth. Your trust does not belong in your intellect. Your trust does not belong in your degree. Your trust cannot belong in any of those flawed things. Your trust has to be in the Lord because the Lord is the only one that will never let you down. The Lord is the one who is worthy of your trust. So you trust, who do you trust? You trust in the Lord. And you trust in the Lord with all, not part, all of your heart. So you trust in the Lord, but you trust completely. You don't get halfway up in the air and go, this is a bad idea, what do I do? You trust with all and you trust with all of your heart. Now, what does the word heart mean? When you start looking at the Hebrew text, it means more than what we might think of it. We focus on the heart a lot. We talk about heart attacks. We talk about the condition of your heart. We talk about your heart rate. I have a device on my wrist that will tell me exactly what my heart rate is. And when it gets uh, hyper, when I get too hyper, it tells me that I'm actually exercising sometimes while I'm up here preaching because my heart rate gets so much because I get going too fast. And it's, it's okay because then I get bonus points. I get to eat more junk food, right? And so... <laughs> So maybe I need to get even more hyper while I'm up here preaching because I've got some Kit Kats at home that are calling my name, but that's another story for another day. So we look at the heart and we think about the Old Testament and the heart in the Old Testament includes your mind, it includes your emotion, and it includes your will. Trust the Lord with all of your heart. Do you trust the Lord with all of your mind? What about those hard days? Because this, we make it sound simple. We memorize it, we say this is it, it's easy, but it's not easy, it's hard. This is the daily grind. This is the one step right after the other. Do you trust the Lord with all of your mind? What do you do when you can't make sense of things? When in your finite, flawed logic, you can't explain it, do you trust? When your mind can't comprehend what's going on in life, when you can't comprehend what's happening in your degree area or in your family life or in something that's going on, you can't explain why this occurred. Do you trust God with all of your heart at that moment in time? Your mind, your emotions, your will. Do you trust God with all of your emotions? I have to confess to you, there are times in life where life piles up bad things happen. You get negative news and it affects sometimes the way we worship, the way we think about God. It affects the way you sing songs or the way you have your quiet time. And there's some moments where you're just on these highs and everything seems to be clicking. And there are some moments where you seem to be down in the valley and it's harder. You're walking through mud, you're trudging uphill. Somebody took that treadmill and elevated the, the tilt on it to where you're going uphill and it's hard and you're struggling. Do you trust God with all of your emotions in those moments when everything doesn't go your way? Perhaps somebody has hurt you before. 
Perhaps you have a pastor or a youth minister or a leader or a friend in your life that has done something that is wrong and that is sinful and it has hurt you and you've taken that hurt and that emotion and you've transposed that to God and you don't really trust God because you've taken feelings about a flawed human individual in this life that is sinful like us and you've projected those upon God and now you're having trouble trusting God with all of your heart. What about your will? We have a sin nature that we have inherited from our father and our mother, Adam and Eve. The sin nature is strong in all of us, stronger some than in others, but strong in all of us. And that sin nature, as Mark Vrogop described it in, in Bible conference, it's like we're trying to walk up the downward escalator. If we do nothing, that escalator will take us farther and farther down. But as we read our Bible, as we pray, as we fight the battle against sin, we're walking up. Is it such that your will is set aside so that you follow God? Do you bend your will to his do you trust God even when your will says, I really want to do this and I know God's word tells me to do this. Am I going to do what I want to do? Am I going to be the stubborn person that does it my way with my will so that I get what I want? Or am I going to lean to God? Am I going to trust God? Do you trust God? Do you trust in the Lord with all your heart? I'll never forget it. We were going to go skydiving. And as we we're going to go skydiving, I don't know, I have like this death wish, I guess. I'm not sure what it is. But I decided if we're gonna go, I'm gonna go all out. So we went to the skydiving place and I walk up to the counter and I tell the guy at the counter, I said, Who, cause when you do your first dive, you have to, it's this weird deal, you have to be attached to somebody, it's tandem, and so you can't just go alone. I don't know why they won't let you just jump out of a plane by yourself, but they, they actually put you with somebody and that's what they're doing, so you don't die, I guess. And so I, I go up to the counter and, and I said, who's the craziest skydiver here? And they said, his name's Yuri. And I said, okay, where's Yuri? And they pointed. So I go over to Yuri and I said, hey, Yuri, I'm, I'm diving with you today. And, and the guy at the counter says, like, like, you're scared to do anything crazy. That like, you don't, you don't want to, like, you don't, you, you just don't have any guts and stuff like that. Is, is that true, Yuri? And Yuri, he's a shorter guy. But Yuri, at that point when I said that, he does this. He said, what? <laughs> he got a furrow brow. And I said, yeah, like I wanted to do some flips out of the plane instead of just falling out like everybody else. And he said, you wouldn't do it. He's like, let's go practice. <laughs> so Yuri grabs me and we go over to the mats and he makes sure I know how to roll and I know how to roll and he rolls and he's like, okay, we're good. He's like, we're gonna do flips out of the plane. And so that was the plan. Everybody else are just gonna fall out. It's everybody's first dive. We're cutting flips out of the airplane, right? <laughs> Here's the deal. If you're gonna jump out of an airplane, you can't do it halfway. What are you going to do? I'm going to step out of the airplane and hold on? Because that's a really bad idea, all right? That doesn't work. So James talks about that halfway attitude as calling you the double-minded, the double-souled, the unstable in all of your ways that we talked about last year. It's like the person on the boat dock stepping into the boat that doesn't want to be in the boat and the boat starts to rock and they won't take their foot out of the boat or off the dock, which means they end up in the water. It's the unstable person blown to and fro. If you don't trust God with all of your heart, you're not trusting God with any of your heart. You've got to be all in. How do you follow the way of wisdom? Trust in the Lord, in the right object with all of your heart, not part of your heart. And your heart means your will, your emotions, your understanding. Point number two, humble ourselves. You trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and you do not lean on your own understanding. In order for us not to lean on our own understanding, we have to humble ourselves. I have to recognize that my understanding is finite, that my mind is not supreme, and that I don't know everything, which means I humble myself before a God who does know everything. So I'm gonna trust and I'm gonna have humility. In my life, I'm gonna humble myself to know that I don't have it all. The text here says lean. Lean not on your own understanding. The first word there, lean gives to us the inclination of something that will support our weight. We're gonna put all of our weight onto something. So if I were to lean on this podium, I don't know that I trust it because it's wobbling here. So I need to have something in my life that I can lean on, that I can put all of my weight on, that I know is not gonna slide out from under me. It's not gonna tilt over. It's gonna be there when I need it to be there. What is it that I can lean on and put all my weight on? It's not my understanding. Now don't miss it. Understanding in the book of Proverbs is a good thing. It tells us, get understanding. Whatever you do, get knowledge, know things, learn. That's one of the reasons you're here is to learn about the giftings that God has given you to understand his wisdom. But you don't lean on your understanding. You lean on the Lord who has all understanding. So most of you are taking notes. You got a sheet of paper. Imagine that sheet of paper as all infinite knowledge. Everything that God knows is on that sheet of paper. And then take your pen and think about how much knowledge you actually have in your brain compared to that whole sheet of paper being all knowledge. For most of us, you'll take your pen, you'll make one little dot and you're done. Are you gonna trust in your little dot or are you gonna trust on the entire page of paper that God has with his infinite knowledge and his infinite wisdom? We don't put our weight on our understanding we put our weight and we lean on God's understanding. We make sure we lean into him. There are verses that talk about this, that teach us how we should do this. Isaiah 55, eight and nine says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Think about that verse. Why would I trust on my ways if my ways are so inferior to God's ways? How do you practically daily follow the way of wisdom? You trust in the Lord with all your heart and you don't lean to your own understanding. The factory equipment we were given is flawed by our sin nature. It is fatally flawed. So we trust in God, we do not trust in ourselves. Proverbs 28, 26. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Proverbs 14, 22. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Here's how it happens, and it happens in all of our lives. Someday comes along, a decision comes up. We think in our own minds, I've got this covered. I know exactly what I need to do. This seems right. This may even feel right. This may be something I desire. So my thought process, my emotions, my will tell me I wanna go do this. Even though I know that the word of God says I shouldn't do this. And it's in that moment of decision that everything sinful about me rises up against God's word and says, I'm gonna trust my own intellect. I'm gonna trust my own wisdom and I'm gonna lean on it rather than to lean on God. And we call those moments mistakes. 
because that's when we do things that are foolish, that are stupid, that are sinful, and that's when we make life harder on ourselves because we're leaning on our own understanding. We think we have this thing figured out and there's nothing more prideful or nothing more arrogant in my own life than when I think I have it all figured out without leaning on God's wisdom. There's nothing more prideful or arrogant in my life than when I think I can walk through life and never study God's word, not read God's word, not pray to God because I have it all under control in my finite abilities, in my finite mind, in my finite wisdom. I gotta humble myself. I've got to say, God, I can't do this alone. I don't know all things. I can't accomplish what you want to accomplish. So I get up every morning. I read my Bible. I study. I make sure that my mind is not conformed to this world, but it's transformed because it's renewed in God's word. I seek God. I pray with God every day, one step after another step after another step. I'm seeking to walk with God, to lean on his wisdom, not on my wisdom. Humble ourselves before God. Proverbs 3, 7. It's the next verse. It restates it. It tells us, be not wise in your own eyes. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Proverbs 26, 12. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Those are strong words. Here on this campus, you learn all sorts of knowledge. You will be educated. You will know more things, more facts than most people out in the world when you graduate with a degree from Cedarville University. And yet when you walk out those doors, the thing I hope you know the most is that you don't lean on your own understanding or your own wisdom. You lean on God. I hope you grow closer to God so that you understand you are not the one in control of all things, but he is. And unless we lean on him, we are the fool in this life. Wisdom does not come from within, but from without. Wisdom comes from God. Look at Proverbs 2.6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Humble ourselves. We lean not on our own understanding. I was driving the other day and I pulled out my iPhone and I said, Siri, give me directions to such and such place. As I say that, Siri gives me three routes. I can look at the time, I can look at the route, I can choose the route I wanna go. I think most, most of us really wish the Christian life was like Siri on an iPhone. I, I know the destination I think that I wanna get to, so I'm gonna tell you that destination and then I wanna choose the route I take to get there and then I'm gonna go that route and I'll follow you as long as I know the end destination and I know the route. But unfortunately, walking in the way of wisdom, following God is not like telling Siri to get me there. It's not like the directions where I get to choose which route I take and I get to know exactly how I'm gonna arrive at my destination. Unfortunately, it's more like a scavenger hunt. It's more like one of those processes where you get the next clue and the next clue takes you to the next spot. It's more like the headlights on your car as you're driving down a road that you've never been on before. As you're driving down this road, you can see just far enough ahead of you so that you know what you need to do to follow the way of wisdom or the path. But you can't see far enough to know the end destination yet. All you can do is trust that your headlights are gonna keep lighting up what's ahead of you and keep following the road so that you'll get to your destination. The problem is some of us don't like to follow directions. In, in fact, I, I want to do a test. How many of you like to put things together without ever reading the instructions, whether it's Legos or Ikea furniture or whatever? How many of you put things together without ever reading the instructions? Oh, God help you. I'm going to pray for you and your family. <laughs> How many of you read every detailed step of the instruction before you put anything together? 
Yes, we are the saints of the world. That's right, yeah. <laughs> the elect from the foundations of the earth right there, yes. If you've ever tried to put together, I'm just kidding, I'm joking. I, I have, really haven't called you lost if you don't do that. But um, if you've ever tried to put together IKEA furniture, anybody? Uh, yeah, I, I, see some, I see some deads, you know exactly what I'm talking about in the room. So we bought some new IKEA furniture that I've got to put together. And so I pull it out. I dump all these pieces out. Nothing is attached or put together because it's IKEA and they don't do that for you. And I pull out the manual and 49 pages of this manual to tell me every one of the like, I don't know, 3 million steps I have to do to put together this piece of furniture and every little part of it. And if you don't do one step right, you're gonna have to take it all apart and then put it all back together again. So you walk through the instruction manual because you've done this before and you know if you don't do it right, it's all apart and then you have to do it again. Every single detail has to be followed. Every single step, if you want it to look right and it has to look right because it costs way too, too much money and the store's too far away and you don't want your wife to have to take it back and then bring it back because that's not a good day in the marriage life, right? And so you got to follow every single step. So you open the instructions and diligently you look at the steps and you read the directions and you begin to put it together one screw at a time. And you put it together in such a way that when you look at the end product, it's exactly what it was supposed to be. Now, here's my question about my own life. Why am I not more diligent about God's word and his map for my life in this earth than I am putting together a piece of IKEA furniture. I suspect you can relate. Why do I not dig into every detail to know God, to lean on his understanding? Why is it I get sloppy sometimes? We humble ourselves. James 4, 6 through 10 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourself Therefore, to God, resist the devil and he will flee. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. It is the great paradigm of scripture. We humble ourselves and the Lord will exalt us. Point number three, submit our will to his. Trust God, humble ourselves and submit our will to his. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. It's not in part of your ways, it's in all of your ways. Does the word acknowledge mean? Does it mean to tip your hat that he's there as you acknowledge somebody walking through life? That's not what the word means in the Hebrew. The word is yada. The word here means to know with an intimate, experiential, deep, developed relationship. It's the word yada that's used of Adam and Eve when it says that he knew his wife. There is an intimacy that is indicated by this word that is more than just a tipping of the hat. It is a walking with, it is one foot after another foot in a daily relationship so that you get to know God, so that you know who he is, so that when he speaks, you hear his voice, so that you are walking with him as though he is your best friend. When you pray to God, do you pray to God like you're praying to your friend? Do you talk to God like you're talking to your friend? Or when you pray to God, are you saying some formulaic prayer that you memorized out of scripture that you do over and over and there's nothing heartfelt to it? Is God your friend? Do you walk with Jesus? Do you talk to him as though he's right there? Do you trust him? Do you believe he's there? Do you lean on his understanding? Do you seek him? Do you submit your will to his? How do we find God's will? How do we acknowledge him? We acknowledge him through his word. He has revealed himself to us. 
This is not some mystical thing that we do by going off to, to get alone and be silent and, and, and cleanse our minds so that we search for our inner peace or whatever. That's not how we find knowledge. That's not how we find God. God has revealed himself to us. He has given us his word. We study his word. We memorize his word. We meditate on his word. We read so much of his word that we bleed biblical thoughts because we know what he wants us to think and say and do. He has given it to us. Read it. Dig into it deeply. Make sure that you then submit your will to his. Now, here's one thing that I find in my own life. Maybe you can relate. Sometimes when things are going really well, I tend not to dig quite as deep. Perhaps you remember Joshua in the midst of prosperity, neglected to ask counsel of the Lord when it appeared that somebody was coming so far away and he made a treaty that he shouldn't have made. So let me encourage you when you're on the mountaintop, dig deep into God, dig deep into his word. When you're in the valley, dig deep into his word, lean into God. What happens if we do these three things? This text tells us. If we do our part, then verse six states that God will make straight your paths. Verse eight restates it in this way. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So what's our part? Our part's up here. We trust in God. We humble ourselves. We submit our will to his. How do I do this thing called finding the way of wisdom? How do I walk through life in the right way? It's I dig deep into the word of God. I make sure I'm trusting him. I make sure I'm humbling myself daily. I make sure I'm submitting my will to his will daily. And if I do all of those things, the text says, he will make straight your path. It doesn't mean you're not gonna have difficulty. It doesn't mean everything's gonna be perfect, but it does mean that the Lord will make straight your paths before you. Now, here's where we get in trouble. Here's where anxiety sets in. Here's where depression sets in. Here's where stress sets in. It's when we drop down to God's part and we decide we're gonna make straight all of those paths. Anybody out there like to make straight your own paths? And that's when stress comes in and that's when anxiety comes in and that's when you start losing it because you're not in control and I wanna be in control of everything, but I can't control this and there are things that are outside my control. So I begin to let it build and build and build because I've dropped down to doing God's part instead of doing my part. Instead of trusting God, instead of humbling myself, leaning not on my own understanding, I've decided I'm gonna be God, I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna make my way straight. When you feel that anxiety creep up in you, when you feel like all of this is happening, you gotta go back to these verses and examine. Am I trying to do God's part instead of just doing my part? Because if I feel like I have to do God's part, I got to go back to step one because I'm no longer trusting in God. I'm no longer humbling myself, but instead I'm leaning on my own wisdom. So I think I can make straight my paths. So I've already forgotten the trust and the humility. I'm not submitting my will to God's will. Instead, I'm imposing my will upon what's gonna happen in life. And when we try to do that, things go badly very quickly. So are you here today and are you struggling? Do you have anxiety? Do you have worry? Do you find you have trouble sleeping because things just aren't happening the way you want? Does stress seem to creep down on you? Trust God, humble yourself, submit your will to his will, and it says he will make straight your paths. The idea of straight is contrasted here to the crooked and perverse way of the wicked. If you want a hard life and a hard road, don't trust God. Live life in your finite wisdom. Don't submit your will to his, but rebel against his will and you will have a hard road. And you will learn the hard way that God's word is true and that God is faithful that what you sow, you will reap. But even if you've had that in your past, it's never too late to say today, right now, 
from this point forward, I will trust God. I will humble myself. I will submit my will to his will because I truly believe that God is the one who will make straight my paths. Do you trust yourself more than you trust God? Do you trust yourself more than you trust God? Trust wisely. If you trust God, he will make straight your paths. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have revealed to us the way that we should live in this life. God, we pray that you will help us each day, every day, in the step-by-step, normal days of life, to trust you, to humble ourselves, to submit our will to yours, to seek you through your word, to pray to you, to meditate on what you have said to us, Lord, through your word, and apply it to our lives so that we may stand for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. For you are faithful and we can trust you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you are dismissed.